Thanks for taking time to watch. So I had an interesting week. I'll just kind of jump in and start with this. I had an interesting week. I had a really good week. I'm uh, uh, looking forward to some things, some opportunities that are coming my way. And that's part of what's been keeping me busy and distracted from creating content for things like uh, Facebook and my YouTube channel. But I really want to be able to get back to doing that stuff in my podcast. I had the chance to talk with my really good friend, Brian Scott, this last week, and we had a great conversation about the law of one. Now, some of you may or may not have heard of the law of one. I think most of you that follow this and um, watch these and listen to this probably are somewhat familiar with the law of one. It's a channeled work from the 70s uh, that was part of a group. Um, Brian gave me all the details and background on this, but I didn't take notes. But part of a group that was started trying to contact alien life through telepathy and through channeling. And there was a group of about three people who they are doesn't really matter or pertain to this discussion. But they started channeling this, this information or this entity or what was uh, what they call a social memory complex, kind of a group mind, I guess. And then that's uh, at a higher level spiritually or a higher density level or something like that and began channeling, asking questions and this entity would answer questions as it came through them. And I've listened to at least the first part of the law of one, what's in the books or several books that you can get. It's a very channeled uh, question and answer type of thing. So it's, Kind of difficult for me to plow through, but I did find a podcast that was uh, talking about that, and uh, so I was, you know, loosely familiar with it. Uh, Aaron Abke's done a lot of stuff with it. Brian Scott's done a lot of stuff with it. I've watched some of their videos and what have you, but I I was always uneasy with it. I never, it never resonated with me. It never registered with me. Uh, In fact, it was quite the opposite. I had quite the opposite experience. Um, I had a real um, dissonance towards it. And then, of course, you have people that digest information and they don't necessarily have a good grasp of it. And then they'll try to represent a teaching, a person, a system or whatever. And a lot of it was just uh, gross and yucky, in my opinion. And I've been very open on here about some concerns I have. Obviously, the the teaching is called the law of one. And I've tried to share on here, although I don't know how many people have uh, gotten it, because I don't know if I've been able to explain it well enough, that oneness thing, I, I just I have some questions about it. So anyway, all that to say that... Um, I got in touch with Brian Scott and Brian got in touch with me and I was like, Hey, I've got some questions about this stuff. And, uh, I know you've really, you know, researched it and read it and put a lot of videos out on it. And so anyway, we ended up doing this zoom call and it was so great. It was so great. It was unlike anything I've experienced in a couple of years with someone because we were able to have open dialogue and we were able to, you know, Brian has lots and lots of information on that. If you're interested in more about it, go to his channel. But we had this really excellent conversation. And of course, as always with things, you know, we ended up realizing that we agree on far, 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 far more than what we disagree on. And not that I was really disagreeing with him or disagreeing with the law of one. It's just that I had reservations about, it. but, and also I just, I find Brian to just be one of the most loving, generous, uh, kind, 
um, just radiating with life, consistent, uh, thoughtful people that I know. And I, I really feel privileged to call him a friend. So then I end up doing, I'm going somewhere with this, I promise. Uh, end up doing the Freeology Friday with Derek Day and he picked the topic and his topic was self-help. And so part of what we got into with the self-help was talking about the power of the mind and how powerful the mind is with the placebo effect and the nocebo effect. For those of you that don't know, placebo effect, you believe you're going to get better, you get better. Nocebo effect, you believe if you have a physical, if you're sick, if you have a physical condition and you believe you're going to get better, you get better. If you're sick and you have a physical condition or you're not sick, but you can believe yourself into sickness or even death in some cases. And these are absolute established scientific facts. In fact, they're part of the foundation of the scientific method when it comes to treating the body, anything physical. Talked about that quite in length on uh, Freeology Friday. So if you didn't catch that, you might want to go back and catch that. Um, so we get the power of the mind. And... So that's where my thought process has been. Those two conversations really crystallizing some of the things that I want to talk about today. I want to share one other memory with you or one other thought that I have, not so much a memory. But when I deconstructed from Christianity, part of the reason I deconstructed was because of all the hypocrisy. I think we can all relate to that, right? Everybody knows the church is full of hypocrites, yet we're part of the filling the churches. <laughs> Everybody's able to look at the hypocrisy in everybody else, but they're not able to see the hypocrisy in themselves. And that's not a, that's not a slam, by the way. That's, uh, when, when, when I say, you know, you can see stuff in other people, but it's harder to see stuff inside yourself. We're actually wired that way. Our brains are wired most of us, to put ourselves in the best possible light. So it's not a nefarious thing. It's not an, an evil thing that we, you know, may be guilty of hypocrisy, but not seeing it in ourselves, but we see it in other people. And so one of the things that I, like as I was deconstructing, it was like, man, these are really terrible people. You know, it's just easy to pick on the Christians, you know, especially the Bible-thumping Christians, especially the judgmental Christians. And it's not that I wasn't a Bible-thumper, and it's not that I wasn't judgmental. At times in my life, but I just knew that it did not reflect who I was. And as I was a Christian also, I was, you know, studying the scriptures. And I have friends, again, like Derek Day, who uh, just throw the Bible out completely. I have other friends like Doug Wentz that use the Bible to illustrate spiritual truths. I try to use the Bible to illustrate spiritual truths when I'm teaching, uh, but I don't read it like I used to. I don't live with it or live by it like I used to, certainly not any of that. And then the Law of One material is like this whole dude, sort of uh, just massive, massive, massive amounts of information to sort through and read. One of the things I really enjoyed reading in my spiritual journey was called the Tao Te Ching. Uh, I'm probably not saying that right. Again, I haven't really delved into Eastern mysticism or Eastern religions. Uh, you know, I've loosely been a part of the metaphysical community here locally, what some people call the New Age movement. So I've been around a lot of Christians. I've been around a lot of love and light people, New Age people. Um, 
And then, of course, I work uh, what what we would have called a secular job. I mean, my job is completely divorced from spirituality or religion. And, of course, I've encountered a ton of people there. I listen to people's stories all day long, so I hear all kinds of stories. And most people don't come to counseling or therapy to tell you the good stories, right? And so here's my thought. I used to think the church is full of horrible people, and I'd see all this stuff going on in the church. And then I went back into the workplace, and I would see the same stuff happening in the workplace that I would see happening in the church. And then I got involved with the metaphysical community, and I saw the same kind of treatment, the same kind of stuff going on in the metaphysical community that was going on in church. And then I got connected because of my association with Brian and Aaron Abke with the Law of One. And my inbox was getting filled. Anytime I put something out there that didn't agree with the law of one or didn't agree with something, especially if I disagreed with something Aaron Abke said, I would have people coming at me in my comments. I'd have people coming at me in Messenger. Uh, well, you know, like, how dare you disagree with this? What's your problem? And I thought, okay, people are people. Oh, so here's the thing, right? So people can be assholes. That's just a general statement and and we can be assholes to each other and it doesn't matter whether we call ourselves christian buddhist new age love and light whether we're channeling aliens or the holy spirit or ancient scriptures or whatever like it's just a kind of a general principle uh about humanity (laughs) that we can be hypocritical that we can be uh contrarian uh i know that i'm certainly contrarian so I'm not pointing the finger at anybody. I just want to illustrate the tendency. This is all of this to get to this, that we have a tendency to group people into general categories and then label those people as thus and so, when in reality, they are just being human beings. They are just being human beings. So human beings disagree. Human beings get angry. Human beings get ugly with each other. Human beings are incongruous, meaning they can have hypocrisies. They can say one thing and do something else. That's just part of being a human being. What we tend to do is we tend to, what our brain tends to do, what our ego or our mind tends to do, is it tends to shift people into categories and then label them as something that we don't like. So, for example... Uh, I decided that I personally no longer wanted to follow evangelical, Pentecostal, charismatic Christianity, that it was no longer working for me. Now, if I'm honest, I have to say there was a season and there was a time that it was really working for me, uh, really working for me. But then I, 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 I believe I grew out of it or, or something changed or something happened, whatever the case may be. And when I began to get out of it, I began to get hurt. I began to get hurt by people. I began to feel rejected by people. And when you get hurt and rejected by someone, it's easier to see the flaws in their character or at least what we perceive as flaws or maybe even what we project as flaws. See what I'm saying? And then it's just easy to go at that group, to go at that system and think that that is the that is the problem. The problem is with the Bible. The problem is with the people. The problem is with the institution. The problem is with the system. But listen, there's systemic evil in every institution. There's systemic evil in the institution of marriage. There are people who get married for love. Right. 
and end up in abusive, toxic situations that are not working for them. And sometimes they'll stay in those situations because of their vows or because they don't want the stigma of divorce or because of their religious upbringing or whatever the case may be. So it can be marriage can be evil. Um, some people are just not wired for monogamy. And yet they torment themselves and torture themselves trying to stay in a monogamous relationship because the institution of marriage in the West uh, is and it'd be an interesting study to find out where this came from, because the Bible is full of polygamy. But for whatever reason, we've settled on this agreement that marriage is the institution between one man and one woman. So that can become an evil institution, someone who's not wired. For monogamy, you see what I'm saying? And then if they have a dif- differently structured st- relationships, then they are judged or perceived as evil or perceived as licentious, uh, licentious or whatever the case may be, right? Because it's easier, be- because we just like to judge institutions. Uh, corporate greed, uh, you know, the private sector is an institution of capitalism. Certainly we can see the evils. In that, and by evils, I mean the harm that it does, right? Politics. Don't even need to elaborate on that one. You see what I'm saying? Like, but so what we have a tendency to do is we have a tendency to pick groups or institutions or whatever, and we kind of generalize those institutions. We kind of generalize those individuals. Now, I'm not talking about teachings. I'm not talking about philosophies or thoughts. See, so I'm talking about strictly institutions here, right? So I think it's okay to go at damaging belief systems and damaging philosophies. But what I'm talking about is the tendency to organize our thinking in such a way that we look at a group of people as the problem, <clears throat> Or we look at the institution even as the problem. There, you know, if, if, if a person is not monogamous or if a person is in an abusive relationship, they can look at marriage and say marriage is evil and they can go on a crusade. I'm going to tear down marriage because they got so hurt. But then there can be many, many, many other people that are in the institution of marriage that are finding love and security and companionship. Someone hopefully to take care of me when I die, although I don't know then, you know, <laughs> If you're not the one being taken care of when you die, then you're alone or whatever. But you understand what I'm saying. I'm being silly, but you understand what I'm saying? Um, so there can be good that can come out of that. So there can be good that can come out of, you know, our, our lives have certainly been enhanced. We're able to connect um, because of things that have been produced because of capitalism, because of the way to make money off of that. So that's not necessarily evil. Either. But now here's what I really want to get to, and I'll connect these two ideas for you, I promise, before we're done. But here's what I really want to get to. Just like we have the tendency to look for evil out there, and it's easier to look for evil out there, it's easier to look for evil out there because it's harder to see evil in ourselves. And again, that's that's not a character flaw. That's just the way, that's just the nature of the ego. It's part of the survival mechanism of the brain. Uh, we just, we are wired to present ourselves at least socially. Now, privately, we may be full of self-loathing. Privately, we may be full of self-hatred. 
But at least publicly in our social persona, we are wired to present ourselves to other people in the best possible light. And so it's hard to admit the evil and the, or the, the harmful bent that is inside of us. And so we look for it out there. But now I want to, I want to present also that we're also looking for the good out there as well. We're looking for something outside of us to satisfy us. We're looking for something outside of us to guide us. So we're looking for a path. And this is where like the law of one came in and something that I'm, I'm just thinking about this week. Like <clears throat> a lot of people I know or have gotten to know were being guided in the church by preachers and teachers and Bible studies and devotions. And maybe they had time to read the Bible themselves and they were saying, I believe this system of philosophy that's set down in the Bible. I believe this system of philosophy that is set down by my elders or teachers or preachers, my favorite preacher, whatever the case may be. And so the truth is, you know, Jesus died for our sins. Um, the truth is when we go to heaven, somehow we take the magic pill and we're immediately fixed and everybody loves each other and it's just a great place to be and it's utopian. So a lot of people deconstructed from that and found <clears throat> the law of one teachings, for example. And so now we got a different set of information and we say, oh, this is the truth. This is it. This is the path <laughs> I should walk in. This makes so much more sense than what was in the Bible and all that stuff. And so this is the truth, right? Or maybe you found it in Hinduism, or maybe you found it in the Tao, Tao Te Ching. I know I'm not saying that right. Please forgive me. Uh, maybe you found it in um, a guru. Maybe you found it in your favorite teacher. Maybe you found your favorite teacher on YouTube. Maybe you found it in your favorite teacher in life, someone to guide you, mentor you. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of that, but I'm just saying in the same way that our minds are wired to look at things in this dualistic way. <laughs> and this is what's so ironic for people who talk about non-dual consciousness, but yet still look at things in dualistic manners because they the brain is so sneaky about with these labels of bad and good. And so we're looking for the good out there, right? We're looking for the good in a system. We're looking for the good in a teaching or a teacher. We're looking for it in a spiritual path. Um, and I'm not saying those things aren't necessary. Some people need that structure, and that structure is very, very helpful for a lot of people. So please don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not saying, again, getting tricked in the mind and thinking it's wrong or bad or something in order to Look at a path, but especially if you come out of fundamentalism, Christianity, you're going to have a tendency or bent inside you to say, this is the way, walk ye in it, right? And you find out, oh, no, this is not the way, walk ye not in it. And so I'm still looking out here, and I find something else. I find a teacher. I find a teaching. I find something I'm interested in. I say, okay, this is the way, walk ye in it, right? And then the problem is we, we end up running into the same kinds of issues with people and the same kind of issues with ourselves that we had in the old system. 
Now people say, no, 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 this new system transformed and changed my life. I promise you, if you stay in it long enough, you're going to find other layers or areas where perhaps it's not working with you because that's just the nature of being a human being. If you stay in it and interact with enough people long enough who are following the same path, you're going to have the same issues with people that you had over here because people are just people, right? So what's my point on all this? Aaron, what's your, what's your point on this? I want to, I want to introduce a thought and an idea, and I'm sure there's a Eastern concept for this, an Eastern articulation or teaching for this. So if you've been into Eastern mysticism, Hinduism, Buddhism, whatever, feel free to educate me in the comments and seriously, because like I'm very honest, I haven't looked at a lot of that stuff. But <clears throat> what if the problem is all the programming that comes to us from other people, regardless of whether it is good or whether it is bad. And what if looking for a body of knowledge, not that there's anything wrong with a body of knowledge, but what if looking for a body of knowledge and saying, I've found the truth in this body of knowledge. I've found the good in this body of knowledge. I found the good in this guru. I found the, or this teacher, I found the good in this, you, Whatever. You see what I'm saying? Is all programming, but it's all programming that's coming to us from the outside. It's someone else telling us what to think. Someone else telling us what to do. It's someone else telling us what to believe. How to function, how to operate. And so, what if there's a different path of deconstructing From all of that stuff and deconstructing from the need and the tendency and the want to look out upon the world and categorize and label and judge this is good, this is evil, etc. And what if I, I want to do an episode on chaos magic because... I find chaos magic so interesting. In chaos magic, there is no solid truth out there. There is no solid truth out there. All truth or the foundation for everything is found in consciousness, and beliefs are simply tools. So from the perspective of chaos magic, there's no truth out there that I have to align my beliefs with. Meaning some objective reality about a savior who died for my sins. And if I believe what the church told me and I say the prayer in my case, or I get baptized in the case of your Catholic or Orthodox, maybe even some streams of Baptist church, whatever, or I follow these prescribed ideas, this is absolute truth. And I align myself to what's there. That would be. Uh, truth, illumination, enlightenment coming to me and me aligning myself with it. Right? What if, what if there is, what would happen if you deconstructed from all that? You deconstructed from that idea. And what if it's more in the sense of, so yeah, chaos magic. I lost my train of thought. And so in chaos magic, there is no absolute truth out there that we align ourselves to. So our beliefs then, are tools 
that we use that either serve us or don't serve us towards trying to get to where we want to get to. Yeah, I just saw Daryl Carlson said, this sounds like left-hand path versus right-hand path. You're absolutely 100% correct, Daryl. I'm glad you put that in there. I almost said that. Um, but beliefs rather than our tools, they're plastic, they're fluid. They're tools that we use, that we try on to see how does the world look through this lens if I believe this? How do I experience something if I look at it through this lens? And so what if, what if, what if, what if? then the truth is, in the beginning was the logos, <laughs> the word consciousness, mind, and out of mind came all things. Out of mind came all things. And so m- mind is the source. Uh, mind is the cause, not the effect. See, as long as I'm, as long as there's an absolute established truth out there, whether it be what Ra teaches in the Law of One, or what the Bible teaches, or what some other spiritual path teaches, then that absolute truth, then that is the cause. That is the that that is the the source. See, the source is out there. I have to align to the source. I'm the effect. But if mind creates all things, and mind is creative, then it's possible for many truths. And here's why. Because if the power of thought makes it so, then it's so. It's it's truth. If the power of thought makes it truth, then it's truth. Um, how do I say this? Help. <laughs> how do I say this? If truth is that mind is the source of all things, then beliefs, that's the way to say it, then beliefs and thoughts become their own truth because the mind is the creator. It's completely opposite. It's not, I have to find a truth out there and align it in here. It's that I can create from this place, I can create from this place truth. I can create from this place a reality. And then coming from that space, then it is possible for people to have their own truth, or it is possible for there to be many truths, and it is possible for there to be collective mind, body, memory complexes that have created their own densities and created their own spheres and created their own realities. Right. But that may be just one sliver of possibility and what's out there. So I want you to think about it this way. I said this on uh, the Freeology Friday. And it really struck me as I said it. I'd never really said it before, but I was thinking about the placebo effect. The placebo effect says that if I'm sick, I can take a sugar pill that has no medicine in it to affect a cure at all. But if I believe it has a medicine in it, because I've been told it has a medicine in it, that it can, in fact, effect a cure. There's also this thing called the nocebo effect, which we might have seen with the um, um, uh, vaccination. Um, because so many people believe, oh, the vaccination's gonna going to harm me with COVID and whatever, or any vaccination. Vaccination is harmful, or medicine's harmful. I'm going to get these side effects. Um, Maybe that's a better example. 
So I read about all the side effects and I start taking the medication and pretty soon I start manifesting the side effects. That could be the side effect from the medication. It could be something in the vaccine that your body didn't agree with, or it could also be the nocebo effect that you simply believe that it's going to be harmful or you believe you're going to manifest these side effects. And so you do. But let's come back to the placebo effect. So typical study, you have a control group with a condition that don't get any treatment at all. You have a randomized control group. You have a randomized group of people who are getting the actual treatment. And then you have a randomized group of people who are not getting the treatment but believe they're getting the treatment. So the people who are getting the treatment and the people who are getting the placebo both know they're in one of those two groups, but they don't know which one that they are in. They could be getting the medication or they could not be getting the medication. Now, what would be interesting is to study it with people who absolutely think they're getting the medication that don't know anything about placebo. That You probably get a totally different outcome. But here's the thing. If I'm in the placebo group and I'm taking something to treat an illness that I've had for a long time, but I believe that it has the ability to affect a cure in it, and I get well, I get better. Here's what I want you to realize. That person manifested health and well-being and healing because they believed a lie. They believed a lie. They were being lied to and told that they were being given the medication when, in fact, they weren't being given the medication. Yet they still manifested it. So, see, there was no truth that had to be aligned to It was simply the power of thought, the power of intention, the power of the mind that manifested the reality. So maybe, just maybe, that's what John's gospel is pointing to in the very beginning, that that out of this mind came all things. And there's nothing that has been made without the power of consciousness. And so, therefore, consciousness is the beginning. Consciousness is the source. And you are plugged into and you're connected to consciousness. The consciousness has manifested within you and we beheld its glory. So that's how I wanted to share my thoughts. I hope if you don't take anything else away from this, um, I guess what I want to say is let's not be so quick to categorize. Let's catch our brain, catch our mind when we're categorizing and lumping and generalizing things And let's not be so quick maybe to reject systems and institutions as evil and look at it in that way. But at the same time, let's not be so quick to think we have to go without seeking a path, seeking a group, seeking something as though truth exists independently of us out there somewhere. And what would happen if we just deconstructed from all that? We were just left with going within. So in other words, maybe you are a unique expression of the mind of God. I believe you are. And maybe I'm a unique expression of the mind of God. I believe I am. And maybe our path isn't outside of us to find the follow. Maybe our path is within us. Maybe our guidance really does come from within us. Maybe our answers really can come from within us. But as long as we're outwardly oriented, we're not going to be looking within. And so this is where meditation and just sitting with stuff can help us.
So I'll have a chance to, well, let's just do, I can see the comments today. Let me just go back and look. Um, again, I haven't been real consistent. Lots of good mornings. Good morning to everybody. Um, Daryl Carlson, chaos magic is about what you personally need to believe as a tool to help you grow in the way you should go. Does that sound right? Absolutely. Absolutely. 100% correct. Um, no absolute truth. Stop trying to find it. My truth is all. Derek Day says, uh, thought is the precursor to manifestation. Absolutely. Christina Osan, consciousness is all we have. Jeanette says, so we can create our reality and our truth. Yes, absolutely. Um, Gary Ellis says, Aaron, you're an expression of God. Then he's sort of weird. <laughs> Damn right, Gary. <laughs> Thank you for acknowledging it. Um, Anyway, love you all. God bless you all. Thank you for taking the time to sit with me and to watch this uh, broadcast. Those of you that are watching my replay, I appreciate it. Please put some comments and some thoughts in there. Uh, definitely interested in what you have to say and what you might have to offer and contribute to the pool of meaning in the conversation. So anyway, have a wonderful, wonderful day, night, evening. Uh, Wherever you're at, I hope it's good.